bird, gazing down at the map of Africa that reposed in the showcase with the haughty elegance of a wild deer, stifled a short sigh. The salesgirls paid no attention, their arms and necks goose-pimpled where the uniform blouses exposed them. Evening was deepening, and the fever of early summer, like the temperature of a dead giant, had dropped completely from the covering air. People moved as if groping in the dimness of the subconscious for the memory of midday warmth that lingered faintly in the skin. People heaved ambiguous sighs. June, half past six. By now, not a man in the city was sweating. But Bird's wife lay naked on a rubber mat, tightly shutting her eyes like a shot pheasant falling out of the sky, and while she moaned her pain and anxiety and expectation, her body was oozing globes of sweat. Shuddering, Bird peered at the details of the map. The ocean surrounding Africa was inked in the teary blue of a winter sky at dawn. Longitudes and latitudes were not the mechanical lines of a compass. The bold strokes evoked the artist's unsteadiness and caprice. The continent itself resembled the skull of a man who had hung his head. With doleful, downcast eyes, a man with a huge head was gazing at Australia, land of the koala, the platypus, and the kangaroo. The miniature Africa indicating population distribution in a lower corner of the map was like a dead head beginning to decompose. Another, veined with transportation routes, was a skinned head with the capillaries painfully exposed. Both these little Africas suggested unnatural death, raw and violent. Shall I take the atlas out of the case? No, don't bother, Bird said. I'm looking for the Michelin roadmaps of West Africa and Central and South Africa. The girl bent over a drawer full of Michelin maps and began to rummage busily. Series number 182 and 185, Bird instructed, evidently an old Africa hand. The map Bird had been sighing over was a page in a ponderous, leather-bound atlas intended to decorate a coffee table. A few weeks ago, he had priced the atlas, and he knew it would cost him five months' salary at the cram school where he taught. If he included the money he could pick up as a part-time interpreter, he might manage in three months. But Bird had himself and his wife to support, and now the existence on its way into life that minute. Bird was the head of a family. The salesgirl selected two of the red, paper-bound maps and placed them on the counter. Her hands were small and soiled, The meagerness of her fingers recalled chameleon legs clinging to a shrub. Bird's eye fell on the Michelin trademark beneath her fingers. The toad-like rubber man rolling a tire down the road made him feel the maps were a silly purchase. But these were maps he would put to an important use. Why is the atlas open to the Africa page? Bird asked wistfully. The salesgirl, somehow wary, didn't answer. Why was it always open to the Africa page? Did the manager suppose the map of Africa was the most beautiful page in the book? But Africa was in the process of dizzying change that would quickly outdate any map. And since the corrosion that began with Africa would eat away the entire volume, opening the book to the Africa page amounted to advertising the obsoleteness of the rest. 
What you needed was a map that could never be outdated, because political configurations were settled. Would you choose America, then? North America, that is?